Thriving in Singleness, episode 22. This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here's your host, Tom DeLong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Today we have Joshua Erickson. Joshua, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be here. Oh man, so blessed to have you and I feel so fortunate. So so recently Joshua wrote a book. It's called Sincerely Singleness. I read through it and and man, I was just hit so deep with it and there were so many things that I hadn't even thought about that he included in there and it was just a good book. I mean, for anybody that is gaining value from this podcast, you'll get value from this book because it feels like it's what this podcast is based on almost because there's so much good stuff in there. But but Joshua, tell us a little bit about yourself. And, and I'm also curious, you know, what inspired you to write this book? Yeah, uh, I think singleness, right? It's It's such a topic that we all kind of hear and we have so many thoughts that hit us right when we hear that word, right? So for me, I grew up in the church and, you know, I grew up in a great family. My parents have been married for 40 plus years. So I've, growing up in the church and just seeing that, it was like, okay, marriage. Yeah. Like this is, you know, especially with the biblical perspective, this is something to pursue. This is something to really value. And for me, just kind of having all those, ex- those experiences in church, growing up, growing up in a great family, seeing all the blessings of marriage into my early twenties, kind of just, you know, facing singleness and some of the struggles, there's that, that kind of conflicted feeling that I would have. And a lot of times it was, okay, what do I do? You know? And then you start that narrative of, okay, what do I need to change in myself? Do I, am I too picky? Am I trusting God enough? Am I not trusting like, um, in what he has for me and I'm trying to do my own thing. So just into my 20s, just really struggling a lot with certain things around singleness um, in church and really just seeking in the Bible myself what it said about all that. I really found that, and I didn't want to see it, but singleness, I was finding, I was searching for marriage to be a guarantee. I was searching mm-hmm. for marriage to be something that I could pray for almost as a requests like god you have to give this to me and what yeah. really around all of that it was marriage became an idol and really it became an idol because there's really nothing telling me that it shouldn't have been what it was in my life because marriage is a great thing but really for me and i think for a lot of times in church because we don't put singleness where it should be in a healthy place yeah. We we then by default put it an, in an unhealthy place. Um, so the book kind of stemmed from you know, I with 2020, right? What a year! Uh, I turned 30 <laughs> pretty much in 2020 during quarantine during the lockdown. And right, 30 is kind of an age where singleness hits you hard, and you really got to mm-hmm. face some things. And what's crazy is I actually got to a place before I turned 30. It was it would have been January of 2020. And I kind of just hit a place of, okay, because leading up to 30, it's like, okay, God, hey, I'm almost turning 30. What the heck? Yeah. And God brought me to a place of just, I couldn't be frustrated anymore with it. And he just brought me peace around it. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't just like a, 
a great moment of like, oh, I'm finally okay with it. It was definitely a struggle to get there. But once I got there, and this was, yeah, probably the end of January in 2020, I had that moment and it was just like, just that peace. And then the next three weeks, I just had encounter after encounter with people that it was like, I wanted to share what God was doing in my life. And they just kept pointing at the issue of my singleness. And I was like, what, what the heck? And I had that realization that I'm okay with my singleness now. God's brought me to that place, but the Mm -hmm. people around me are not. And that's what they see. That's the focus. So really the book was just, I kind of wrote it out of a rant to start. Okay. I was just kind of like, I, I remember I put notes in my phone, just like, oh, you know, singleness in the church and just, we're not dealing with it right and all that. And in the process, and I, I was not going to write a book about it. I was like, God, I'm not going to write a book about singleness. Yeah. I, I don't want to. But in that process, when I was like, okay, God, I'll give you a little bit. I'll start writing things about it, but I won't give you that. I won't write a book because just pride, right? Mm-hmm. So I started doing that and little by little, God was just working on my heart. He was, he was, I was having encounters with people talking about it. And then eventually I just kind of let it go. And I'm like, yeah, I'm writing a book on singleness and just the conversations and and how God moved in the whole process was just amazing because in the end of it, it's like, he just, he orchestrated the chapters and I just really prayed over it when I was writing it to say, God, I don't want this to be my emotions or my experiences about singleness and my frustrations. I want this to be what your word says about it. And, you know, just to really help this to be a strong voice for singleness in the church, for singleness, for those who eat, not even just in the church, everywhere, because it's not just the church yeah. that views singleness in a, in a very um, difficult way for people to actually live out. Mm-hmm. But really the church should be the leaders um, of how to see singleness in a healthy way. So, I just really started from that aspect of like, I want to, you know, God's brought me to a good place. How do I help other people? And just God really orchestrated me writing the book, took all of my ranting and complaining and emotions out. And really just, I could see how his message was just in the end of it. It's like the final chapter was just kind of what God, it wasn't my idea. Like the final chapter was really just like, we need to love people. And really singleness is not about helping single people get better it's not about single people finding someone it's about helping people who find themselves with a status of singleness but that's Mm -hmm. not them like it's just helping people who are in that situation because a lot of everyone's going to find themselves in that place at one point in their life no one's born married and eventually even if you're married you know there are cases where you know married couples both kind of pass away at the same time, but there's still singleness even on the other other side of marriage. You know, and the sad reality, even with divorce, yeah. with how how common divorce is, you know, singleness is still something that just because you're married doesn't mean you won't face on some some aspect in the future. And singleness the big part with this is singleness is not about if you're dealing with singleness, if you're facing singleness, it's not about your status. It's about how you see yourself, how you how your confidence in who you are, your identity in Christ, because a lot of issues that happen in singleness are because of things not dealt with in, in your own life. Um, mm-hmm. Things you not haven't given to God. Maybe it's a trust issue. Maybe it's something that 
Um, you desire more than God. Like that, right? That's the idol in my life. It was God. I want, I just want this relationship. I just want to pursue marriage so that I can start doing what I want to do. And of course I was seeking God. I was praying about what God wanted me to do, but how much was I actually giving God full control of my life? And it, yeah, that's kind of where the book came from. It just, I look back and I'm like, I don't even know how it happened. It's like, and I think that was God's grace because when I look back, it's like, what have I done sometimes? <laughs> and and like I, I accidentally I, wrote a book. Yeah, I actually, it accidentally happened. It helped with COVID, you know, you're in quarantine and all that. Yeah. So, um, it was just, it. God's timing was so perfect in it all for sure. That's cool. And I, I find it so interesting how you mentioned that God put your heart in such a good place. And as you expressed to other people how you were in such a great place with it, they they started pointing out like it was something wrong to be single and to be comfortable with that. And I honestly had the same experience where, you know, in, in my story, for those who have heard it, you know, I, I had somewhat of a short time frame in that exciting, uh, yes, I'm single, and yes, God can do some incredible things in this. And I was, I was so comfortable with that. And I expressed that to my friends, but they still reassured me, oh, don't worry, Tom, there's got to be somebody out there for you. And, and, and I was like, but, but no, like there might not be, and that's okay because I can still trust that God has an incredible plan for me. And I, I do think that is a problem where we, we don't hold up people in singleness quite enough as if we, we do we do treat them. They they can be treated. I don't say we because I do my best not to do, not to treat them that way at all. Like I, I encourage people in every stage that they're in. But to say that, well, you're single, but don't worry because you'll find somebody. As if God can't use them and God can't give them an incredible life in singleness. And so it's it's so night and day going from feeling like you need someone to complete you and need someone to go through life with to trusting him with it and handing it over and that makes that makes all the difference i mean and like you mentioned you know singleness isn't just a, a one-sided thing because singleness can happen after divorce after being widowed and a lot of how you have handled your singleness before marriage will carry over to, into marriage, but also where your heart is after the fact if something were to happen that that brought about a divorce or brought about a, about a spouse passing away. For sure. And it's, it's crazy because like we think single and there's one, there's kind of two like thought processes that about singleness i think everyone has to ask themselves if they're single or married it doesn't matter mm -hmm. if you're single i think especially trusting god you have to ask yourself what if he doesn't have someone for me like is he still as good as i say he is will i still yeah. trust him no matter what because honestly what sing what singleness showed me is it just showed me how much i trusted god because yeah. the bible says you know he has plans to prosper me and not to harm me to give me a hope and a future so and that doesn't say if I'm married. So mm -hmm. it has to be true if I'm single. So like that's a trust issue. If I don't believe that God has the best for me, even if I'm single, then this is not a stat. That's not a situation about 
relationships. It's not a, a status that I need to try to change. It's just, God, do I trust you no matter what? Do I trust you through anything you bring me to? Like if it's, you know, just whatever it may be, am I going to trust you through it all? And on the other side, um, with marriage, and this is kind of a different question, but I think married people need to ask themselves how they see singleness. And because I've seen it in my own life, the moment you kind of get in a relationship or you see a relationship, you just, it's like a, a switch can flip and you're like, oh, single, you just, it's so easy to see singleness in a negative way when you're not in it because it's like, oh, that's not my problem. That's not my, so one thing is, I'd encourage anyone who's not single, what would happen if you were single tomorrow? What would happen? Would you think differently about yourself? Would you all of a sudden feel insecure? Would you think that God doesn't have the, like just that I think we need to change the way we view about singleness on both sides because Mm -hmm. that's right. That's, that's the narrative is singleness. There's not really a positive narrative around singleness and that's a problem. I think that is the issue. And that's kind of the book was, there's two things I kind of wrote the purposes. I wrote the book um, to try to aim for was one. I wrote it to like my 20 year old self to try to just give him a little, like uh, some relief. If I could have helped my 20 year old self not be so frustrated or so anxious about try to find, trying to find a relationship, I would like to give him this book and say, Hey, don't over-prioritize. Put God first. Don't see singleness in this way. Don't see marriage in this way. Like that was number one. And number two was for people who are in the church, who are single, this is like a strong voice to say, hey, I'm okay. I'm trusting God. If that's eventually in marriage or if it's not, I know he has the best for me because that's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to trust that. And I think we really need to take that stance in church, in our, in culture. Otherwise we put single people in a position where it's like, how do I get out? That's the thing. Yeah. We don't have a vision for singleness in the church. Um, there's really the vision is, Hey, just trust God and try harder. Just like, oh, you'll, like you said, you'll find someone to me. That's, that's more confusing and frustrating for a single person than anything. It's like, I why think, haven't I found them yet? Like if yeah, they're out there, where are they? Like, yeah, what's you, going on? If, if you're going to give me that, you'll find someone. How mm-hmm. do you know? Like if that opens up a whole bunch of questions of, will I, how do you know? Tell me like, because single people, that question goes over and over and over in their mind. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're struggling with singleness. And I think just the narrative around singleness needs to say, it's not, you'll find someone. We don't know that, you know, the, the Bible talks about singleness being a good thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, this is the thing I'm not against marriage at all i think yeah personally i i desire to be married absolutely but for me personally i desire to be married less than i desire what god has for me and that is the difference i need to always keep in check is what do i desire more because if god what god has for me is singleness it's it's going to be the best plan for my life because that's what god has for me Mm -hmm. and if it is marriage awesome but I can't let the, the let one overtake the other. And we need to change the narrative to say, hey, you know, yeah, you're going through, you know, singleness and stuff. And God has the best for you. 
whatever that may look like, seek him. That's the narrative we need to change because we put single people in a bind when it says, oh, you'll find someone or seek God and, you know, just keep growing in the season. And then single people are like, Why? what do you want me to do? I'm trying everything I can. So we yeah. create a bar that single people need to reach. And then it's like we create a circle of of just this path that single people take and just wear themselves out because that's all they've been given in the church. And then if they're not reaching that bar, it creates a, a, a psychological effect that they're not good enough or there's something that they're, they're doing wrong, which is a completely wrong aspect to take. Yeah. It's, it's the, I've heard it. It's crazy. Cause I've heard it kind of, I was sitting at a coffee shop one day and kind of found myself next to some people on a date, right? Like, it, you know, I have my headphones in and all that, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of heard at the end, and it was probably after an hour they were talking and, you know, one of the, the girls said to the guy kind of like, so why are you still single? And that's the question that I think everyone really, like we've connected singleness with a, if you are, if you look so good, if you seem like you shouldn't be single, then why are you? So we've created the narrative around singleness that says, if you're single, you're not good enough because like, we, I think, you know, of course, there's a lot of married people in the world, right? Singleness is something that um, is not everyone's situation. So we see singleness and we see people that we think should be married. And then we're like, hmm, I wonder what's wrong with them. Like that's our inner thoughts of there yeah. must be something deep down that they're hiding or there's a fatal Where's flaw. Where's the baggage? Where's the baggage? Yeah. And when we attach that to singleness, that's where the narrative comes in of, Single people ask themselves, okay, why am I still single? And then they highlight, why am I still single? Like, what is wrong with me? And it's just, man, you start a, just a thought process of, man, I need to change who I am. I need to do this. I need to do that. And it becomes so inward focused of something's wrong with me. I need to fix myself. And I think that mm-hmm. the church does not push against that narrative so we have an unhealthy culture that results from it because there's no other message being spoken to single people like i've i've tried to ask as many people as possible after in, in the process of writing this book how many messages on singleness have you heard and honestly i've maybe heard a couple people say they've heard a message on singleness um at mm-hmm. least because honestly growing up i didn't hear a lot it was all about marriage and again, it's a great thing to promote marriage and to promote healthy marriages. I'm not against that at all. But when we don't talk about singleness at all, then people fill in the blank that says, okay, if we say marriage is so good, then when we don't talk about singleness, it must be bad. Yeah. And then we, it's just, we don't talk about singleness. There's not much that's said. There's not, and so you get a lot of people just dealing with it in, with themselves, like just in silence in their own head of like, okay, God, you know, and that's my kind of where the book stemmed from. It was everything that God showed me and just my life and kind of really the entirety of my twenties of just like, okay, God, what, what is singleness and just learning about it, learning about myself, learning that it really wasn't about me being single. It was about how just I viewed myself, where my priorities were, how much I trusted God so it's like single because that's the thing. Just because you're married, the stuff you deal with in singleness doesn't just go away. 
And I think yeah. we have that kind of idea that, oh, it might, it might just go away. Mm-hmm. But healthy people, healthy single people are still healthy people in marriage. Of course, there's a lot of growth and stuff that needs to happen. But unhealthy single people, there's absolutely no, I don't think there's any way that you all of a sudden can become healthy in marriage if you're unhealthy. Yeah, There's just no bridge you can gap to just all of a sudden. And I think a lot of people just learn the hard way and quick that, wow, this is, I'm selfish. I'm, I, I care more about myself than the other person, right? It's, it's kind of the hard reality that there's no cheat code to just becoming healthy in marriage, right? It has to be done in singleness or you will, you will learn in marriage, but it'll be the hard way. Yeah. I feel like marriage is viewed as this, this medicine that's going to make everything better. And it's not, and you're right. Healthy, healthy people have healthy single people are more likely to have a healthy marriage. And it's, it's not that being an unhealthy single person marriage is going to fix anything. And, and maybe I forget where it was in the book that made me kind of contemplated this is like, is singleness more difficult than marriage or is marriage more difficult than singleness? And, and I feel like a lot of married people will just come out and say, oh yeah, marriage is so much harder. And they, they try and do that to help singles maybe feel a little bit better. Like, oh, but you know, don't worry, this is really tough. But I'm going to kind of break that chain and I'm I'm going to say I think I found singleness much harder. You know, in the, in the two weeks that I was super excited about singleness, singleness got super easy. But in the trials that I faced, in the difficulty of of, of learning how to how to manage that emotion of, of soul searching, I feel like that was more difficult. But I think because of how my perspective had changed in marriage, uh, of my perspective of singleness had changed, that led to a healthy marriage, which made marriage much easier. So for somebody who comes from a perspective of, of singleness is the disease and marriage is the medicine and marriage is going to make everything all better and they, they're unhealthy getting into marriage, that can turn into a very toxic dependency type of marriage where it's it's unhealthy and that's where it gets very difficult and that's where you get people that are like legit no no convincing them otherwise oh yeah marriage marriage is so much more difficult than singleness so i think it really comes down to the perspective and how you handle it and so i think it's so important to to get that that healthy relationship of 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 singleness uh, that relationship with God and that trust of trusting that even if you're single, even if you never get married, that he still has an incredible plan for you. If you can bring in that perspective, that leads towards a healthier marriage. There's so much more to a healthy marriage than just that, but that's, I feel, a very core principle. And so that was a, a recent thought that I had that I really wanted to get out there. And, you know, it's... It's interesting that one of the quotes in your book, if you don't mind me just reading straight out from it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I underlined a handful of things that just like hit me and I was like, oh, this is so good. So good. And I just like loved reading through everybody your book. So here it says, 
We may know the truth that God wants to bless us with more than we can imagine, yet we choose to stop, sit, and wait for one specific blessing. All the while, God is pleading for us to keep seeking Him with all of our heart and continue pushing forward on the path He has placed before us. And that's so true. I mean, I feel it's so easy. And I was doing this so much as well, waiting to find that person to, quote, complete me. But I was not focused on what He had ahead of me. And the fact was, like, I was doing incredible things. I'm I'm blessed that I still pursued ministry wholeheartedly that I was doing young life and the the blessings from that still continue and I was able to do so much more in that season of singleness and I was I'm, I'm fortunate that I wasn't just waiting for someone to come along so we could try and do ministry together. You know, I I did seek out my calling as as an individual and I encourage everybody listening don't wait for that person to come along and complete you. Like, chase whatever God has laid on your heart. Go after it wholeheartedly. Because you know what? You're right. The way you said it, Josh. Like, if if God has something ahead of you and God does not have marriage in sight, man, you're going to waste your life waiting around. Just unwrap what potential is there. Singleness is a gift. It's a terribly wrapped gift it does not look good and so many people kick it aside i don't want that gift it looks terrible it must be garbage but until you say you know what i'm going to unwrap that and see what it's inside you can find a very beautiful thing when you explore that entirely absolutely and i like that part of the book it's both what i saw in myself and what i saw in other people i saw in other people just friends people i know who would they were on fire for God and they were seeking him. And like, this is what God's called me to do. And then they would get in a relationship and then all that would go away. And to me, it was like, wait a minute. Like you get in a relationship and then everything you were doing for God stops. Mm-hmm. And that's not just what I saw in other people. That's what I saw in myself many times. Um, I would, I would see my, you know, I was like, okay, you know, my singleness, I'd be praying and I'd say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And I would just be motivated and seeking God. And then a relationship would come along or a potential relationship. And it would just kind of, that would all kind of fall away. And it, it would really hit me hardest after the ending of a relationship. And it would be like, wait a minute, why wasn't this important before? And -hmm. now it's important now. God's plans are important now. But when I was in a relationship, they kind of weren't as important. So for me, that's that's something God taught me in singleness. I mean, taught me after relationships had ended was how important are his plans for me? Because they should not change with the status of my relationship. Yeah. They should not. Like that is that right there is the biggest issue around singleness and relationships oftentimes is what happens when your situation changes? Does you you know, does the will of God change for your life? No. It does mm-hmm. not. But oftentimes we shift that that priority that says, ah, my will is a little bit more important here because this is what I want. And really what God did in my life, how I saw it, how I started to see it was God was has been setting me on a path that I can't turn away from no matter the relationship I get into. Like he is setting me, you know, and it's a process right and it, it's mm-hmm. just preparation right it's got it's it's god's plan for our lives he it takes time it's it's all about changing us and changing our heart and 
and I started really praying that about around relationships and about potential relationships is God, I don't want a relationship to ever change the path that I'm on. I don't want it to change how much I pursue you or how I pursue you. Help me to be so solid in, in what I'm doing for you that any person who comes along can't, I, I won't budge from what I'm doing. And really that's habits. You know, the habits we form in singleness are the habits we take into marriage. And if we're, if our habits are so strong in seeking God and seeking his will for our life, then sadly, you know, marriage does rock that boat sometimes, but the, the more firm we are in it, the less likely it will. So that was one thing God taught me is I saw it in other people and I saw it in myself. And one other thing, just kind of when you're talking about the difficulty of kind of the comparison of what's harder, marriage or singleness. Yeah. The one thing on that, and because I touched on the book, I touched Mm -hmm. on it in the book, and it's not that we need to compare, but I think right now the narrative around singleness in the church is that it's it's not anything. I've never, like all that, one of the chapters in the book is we need to acknowledge singleness as being difficult because Mm -hmm. I think that is the first step in reaching single people that just says, hey, you're going through something. We see you. We're not going to try to fix you. We're not going to try to give you a three-step plan on how to not be single anymore. Because singleness is the only topic that we really handle in the way we do. You wouldn't take someone who's poor and just say, oh, one day you'll you'll have money. No, we say, hey, man, it's it's tough. Like, you know, you, you, you deal with it in a way that's not so flippant because I think – we all have heard the cliches, especially in church, of, oh, you know, just run after God and you'll find someone next to you. Or, mm-hmm. you know, all the single people raise your hand and, okay, look around and you'll, you know. And they're they're done in, I think, slightly good motives. But what it does is if we only ever treat singleness that way, then that's the only way singleness, that's the only way single people see singleness dealt with. So then it's like, oh, if they're just kind of making jokes about it, then what I'm going through maybe isn't that bad. Yeah. So when you have that internal struggle and you're facing that, you if all you ever hear is, oh, just just find someone. Just just go after God and you'll find someone. That right there then in your mind is, okay, if it's that easy, if it's if it's not a big deal, if people treat it like that, then what I'm dealing with internally and how hard it is, it must not be a big big deal. So I just need to belittle it and bury it and hope it goes away. And I think that's the issue of why singleness is so, it's so interesting in church. Yeah. Because we all know it's a problem. Every single person I talk to kind of in this process, we all know singleness is something in the church. It's Mm -hmm. something that needs to be addressed. And I think we can't address singleness in the church by trying to fix single people. And that's yeah. how we've been doing it. We need to address singleness in the church by changing the way we f- view singleness. Because I think mm-hmm. that's where it stems. That's where that's where all these issues stem from is single people just can't be healthy in singleness in the church because there's no there's no healthy vision in the church for it. Yeah. Absolutely. And and it kind of brings me to another another quote that I had underlined in the book. It says, The difference between marriage and singleness is not the reaching of a different destination but only in the traveling of a different lane. The lane change means a person may be no longer where they were, but they're still headed in the same direction. A person's direction should always be the same, no matter of a person's relationship status. And I thought that was beautiful the way you said that, because, you know, marriage isn't a destination. You know, 
our our destination is is to to honor God. You know, we want to be honoring Him in everything we do in our life, and marriage shouldn't be the destination in the midst of that. You know, we're if if you go from single to married, you're you're just changing lanes, and you know one one question I have like for for one like I I love encouraging people who are single like I love it because it's such an incredible and underrated season in their life and I'm I know that you have really been able to give it to God and I love seeing that which gets me all the more excited because you're just like really unraveling that potential that God has for you and you're from what I can tell, like in, in the place that I was, where I, where I gave it to God, I trusted in him. Now, my season was very short. And I like to say that I feel like I would still have the ups and downs because I don't want to, I don't want to ignore the fact that, you know, just because someone's single doesn't mean that they haven't given it to God. You know, this isn't a magic recipe of, of instructions on, on how to meet somebody. It's not a matter of you have to get your heart to this place in order to obtain this. And I'm, I'm really curious, do you feel like you personally, since your heart has been brought to that place, do you feel like you face ups and downs in the challenges of singleness? Absolutely. That's one, like, I will be the first to say I'm not, you know, just great in singleness. I'm not just this guy who's just enjoying every second of it yeah. and just loving it. The only thing different is that God has shown me how to have peace in it and not let it overtake what he's called me to do. And that's about it. Like that is, that's what I needed. That's what, that's what we need in any situation is the peace to do what God's called us to do because singleness is hard. Like it, it biblically, another thing I kind of touch on in the book is it, you know, the verse that we use for marriage all the time is it is not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And we use that for the benefits of marriage, but how often do we use it to say, hey, singleness is tough. Singleness is hard. Singleness does mean that you might have some of those times alone, but great things can come from that. And it doesn't mean that they're easy things or things that are just like, oh, this is the best time of my life. But what I've seen is that through those moments, God has done more in me than I, than I want. Like he's done more through my singleness than I have wanted, but it's definitely what I've needed along the way. Like every, every step of the way of just growing me and, and making me more like him and just showing me how much he does do in my life, despite kind of maybe how much I think he's doing mm-hmm. and how little by little I look back. I'm like, wow, God, like that happened. Like even writing the book, honestly, I've always had a passion to write and it was crazy because if I wouldn't have given God just the struggle of singleness, if I would have just kind of tried to bury it and get into a relationship and just run from it or just kind of get away from it, then it really hit me one day that like it was his purpose really just intersecting with my passion. Like in writing the book, it was like, okay, God, if I don't do what you've called me to do, and respond to the things that you want me to respond to in a healthy way that says, okay, help, Lord, help me grow in this. If I wouldn't have done that in my singleness, I would have missed out on what God, you know, has put on my heart to do on the desires he's put on my heart. I've always had a desire to write, but it was like, I don't know what to write or 
I'd start writing things and it just doesn't really feel right. This book wrote itself. And I really think that's kind of when we're in the will of God, when we're doing what God's called us to do, it's always the intersection of his, like his purpose with our passions. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that always comes through preparation. You got to go through something hard to get there. And that's the only way. And if we run from all the hard things in our life, for some of us, it's, it's facing, you know, the relationship ups and downs. For some people, it's the financial stuff. We all have a battle that God's using in our lives to teach us something. Yeah. And if we run from it, then we're just running from the victory that God wants us to share with other people. And that's one thing that a lot of the issues that we, that I kind of touch on, uh, you know, in the book and just, I think in general, when we talk about singleness, these aren't isolated incidents. This is what people deal with in all areas of our life. And if we just kind of put singleness in the spotlight and, and look at these issues, like they're singleness, they're the issue of singleness, then we're just saying, like, we're really missing out that this is life. This is humans being humans. This is what, what we all deal with. Married people and single people deal with the same problems mm-hmm. at the core of it. And of course, they're different. There's absolutely different aspects of it. But we need to stop treating people differently based on situations and labels and circumstances and just say, hey, this is what God has done for us. And these are our different circumstances. And, and how does the gospel shine through into all those situations? And that's yeah. really the, the, the end goal. That's, that's where we've missed out on, on singleness is we need to stop treating it as a label and try to fix a label and mm-hmm. just see the person that we're labeling and say, hey, I see you. What are you going through? You know, it's, we need to stop asking, hey, have you found someone yet? And say, hey, how's life going? And like singleness should be like the sixth or seventh question down the line if you really care about someone. It should be, yeah. hey, how's your week been? How's your job going? How's this? How's that? And then, oh, hey, how, how, you know, how are you doing in your singleness? But mm-hmm. if it's the first thing, single, single people ask themselves those questions enough. They don't want it to be the first thing that comes out of someone's el- someone else's mouth. Yeah. So I highly encourage... If you're going to try to reach single people and help them, don't see their singleness first. Just see them. And eventually mm-hmm. the door will open up where you can see where they stand on it. But sing- And this is my personal experience, but you'd have to ask other single people about it. But that's not the first thing I want to hear. And I'm, I'm open to talk about it all day. Like, yeah. I will happily talk about it. But if someone's trying to care for me, hey, ask me about my job first. Ask me about ask about something else because I want to see that you're more interested in me than my singleness because mm-hmm. I, you meet a lot of people that are just interested in the singleness of single people and not at all interested in themselves and the person behind it. So um, that's something that we need to really just change in how we deal singleness and seeing it. We need to see people. Yeah. And I like how you, you brought up the verse that how God said that it is not good for man to be alone. And I've, feel like that is a verse a lot of single people hold up in a sense of of yes there is somebody out there for me now what does it look like applying that verse in in singleness versus marriage absolutely it it, it comes very it, it becomes problematic if we don't see it in the right way right because we use that verse in context of marriage it's not good for man to be alone so then marriage is a solution for that right mm-hmm. but if you look at the body of Christ and also with Paul's talking about how good singleness is and how it is a good thing and how those who are single can really not have to worry about some of the earthly responsibilities. And I kind of talk about that in the book. We don't need to pit one against the other. One's not better than the other. 
But with like a verse like, it's not good for man to be alone, that's where the community comes in. That's where the body of Christ comes in that it's not good for man to be alone, but that's what the body of Christ is for. That is what the church was formed for so that people don't do life alone. But we've created a atmosphere that where single people should find community in the church, they just find a community that's trying to help them find one person. Yeah. And then they become segregate. Like if all of a sudden they don't find that one person, then the sad reality is a lot of times the single ministries and church become just the leftovers. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the feeling that single people get. There's no prioritization. There's no, Hey, you matter. We value you. It's, Hey, you're still here. What do we do with you? And honestly, that's these are the things that the church needs to start talking about to say, hey, we need to stop trying to just set people up and we need to start just caring for the people that we see. And if married or single, we need to start seeing them as the same in the same place. Because I've I have many friends that it's like in I was you know, both single at the same time, kind of in relationships at the same time. And the only thing that really changed was just a relationship working out or not. And when it comes down to it, that's not my decision. It takes two people for a relationship to work. And if we put single people in a spot where it's like, oh, you haven't found someone yet. There must be something wrong with you. We just put them in behind, behind the eight ball, right? Just good luck. You know, (laughs) you got kind of one shot at this. And if you don't figure it out, then we don't know what to do with you. Yeah. So it's just a tough spot and we need to stop putting single people in that area, in that, that situation. Yeah, that's definitely very good. And, uh, and now has anything else been on your heart lately that we haven't had a chance to talk about? Man, you know, singleness, um, of course that's kind of the main topic, but mm-hmm. really I think it's just all of this revolves around, you know, trust with God, trust in God. Yeah. Um, and I think singleness a lot of times is a hope issue it's a do i you know hope we talk about hope right hope is uh, or faith is having hope in what we do not see right yeah like it's it's that's what faith is and oftentimes singleness is the struggle of having the faith for for what we don't see and often and it might be a relationship and but oftentimes it's just god do i see that you have the best for me so i know personally it's Single people can get so beaten down and not just any person who's going through something for an extended period of time. And I think singleness becomes harder and harder as it becomes extended. But it's like if God, oftentimes if God wants to do in me what I pray for, then I need to go through that because my faith can only be as strong as it has been tested on the level it's been tested at. Okay. So if my, if, if I face a situation where I'm praying for something. I'm seeking um, God in certain areas and, and asking for God to move. And it might be, in my life, it's not just a relationship. It's work. It's it's his purpose for me. It's different area, different things that he's put on my heart. If I just give up on them and I don't continue to trust or, or hold on to that hope, which is where our faith is based in, that you know, our hope that God does have great things for us, I think for me, I can get just kind of in the back seat of it all and just say, oh, God, you'll just do it when you'll do it. And God's like, no, I want you to push farther into me and trust more and seek me more. Because, you know, when we look at 
that's the story of Abraham. There's a verse that just has hit me over the years. And it says like, when there was no reason to hope, Abraham still had hope. And he's, he's talked about as the father of our faith, right? He's talked yeah. like his faith is the, it's the benchmark of faith. And it's like, if we want God to be God in our life, if we want God to, to grow us to be more like him, we need to sometimes hit those situations where, God, I don't have any reason to hope right now, but I will. And that's faith at its, at its most tested. And singleness is often used in that way, but it's definitely not just singleness. That's financial hardships. That can be health issues. That can be, man, anything you face in life, God uses the things we, we go through. And I think we see that in other areas, but how often do we, do we really try to see singleness in that way? We just kind of brush it under the rug and say, hey, it'll, it'll work itself out. So yeah. that's something of just God's doing bigger things through singleness than just if God wanted you to, you know, if God wanted anyone to have a relationship, he would. Yes, he's God. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, but oftentimes it's the preparation of bigger things that God wants to do. And that's where if we miss out on what God wants to do in our singleness, we miss out on way more than just a relationship or way more than, man, we just miss it all. It's just yeah. because we're missing, we're missing valuable things that God wants to do in our lives for the sake of just a hardship that is hard, but it's not, it's not, it, it's not at all. It's not everything in life. Yeah. Now, wh- what's your recommendation for people who, who are single and, and they're, they're struggling with that singleness? That's a great question. <laughs> Cause I feel like for yeah. me, God had to break me for me to completely surrender it to him. And, I, I don't know how to get a person to artificially surrender it. I mean, what's what's your recommendation for someone that's like not completely surrendered, but wants to, but like, you know, still wants to be married. I mean, like, man, how do you, how do you even approach that in, in conversation with someone that's, uh, that's where they are? Yeah. It, God has to be number one. The mm-hmm. issue with singleness and the struggles that, that are the struggles that you can, because this thing, singleness is hard be, oftentimes because it is hardest to do life alone. That yeah. is kind of at the core of singleness. And and that's not something I'm going to say, oh, just learn how to do life better. Like that's where <laughs> God meets us in our times of struggle where it's like, God, I am alone. Teach me, comfort me, show me, bring people into my life. Those are the things that singleness, it's not an issue of singleness. Like that is one of the hardships or difficult things around singleness. Just like in marriage, there's times of loneliness and there's difficult things. Both of them have difficulties. So there, those are the type of things that you have, that singleness is just a part of facing things like certain areas of life. Um, they present themselves in singleness. Now, the real struggle where I think people don't have peace in their singleness is if God's not number one. And that's where, that's where you talked about the breaking. God has to break you. Yeah. And either it's either going to happen through you. It's going to happen through you going through it all and just struggling with singleness and wrestling with it. And eventually you have, you have to make the decision. And for me, it was that it was God, I can't do this any longer. I just, it's, it's yours because I can't handle another moment of just questioning this, wondering about it, struggling with it. It's like, God, it's yours. 
And it's so weird because that's just little by little. It was nothing like, oh, this is such a big issue in my life. It was just the recurring issue. God has to have it all. He has to get all of you. And that oftentimes it comes through breaking. But I think the other the other avenue, which I think is still a part of the breaking process because God breaks us through seeking him oftentimes too, is if, if you see that God's not number one in your life and you're struggling with singleness and struggling to find a relationship, do everything you can to put him number one. If you find yeah. yourself struggling like, oh, I'm, I just need to find someone. I just need to do this. I need to do that. I need to put myself in a better situation. What's your thought process about your relationship with God? Do you care enough about your relationship with God in the same way? Because that's where the priorities are probably flipped and that's where your peace is lost is you're more worried about a relationship with a human, with a, a earthly relationship than one with God. And it's it's not easy. I'm, I'm definitely not in a place where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. But I finally have my priorities in a place where the peace is there. And when I see that, it's kind of maybe going back to the way it used to be. It's like, no, I'm not going to let that happen. Like, God, it's yours. What do you have for me? What should be my focus? You really just got to kind of take back. And again, for me, it was years of just kind of putting marriage in a place it shouldn't have been instead of keeping God where he should be. And sometimes you got to just, you know, if you put something, if you put in like an idol, if you create an idol, it takes a while to tear that down sometimes. And for me, you know, because you kind of build it little by little, sometimes it takes time. And I think just knowing that, seeing that relationships can be over prioritized, just that they can become idols, uh, being aware of that and seeing what God wants to do once you're aware of that, because you can't deal with something unless you know it's there. So I would say that's kind of, if you're struggling with singleness, do that heart check. God, how much do I want a relationship with someone over a relationship with you? Because if that's out of line, there's nothing you can do because God's a jealous God. He's got to be number one. And also, our, we can't seek God and do all that he's called us to do unless he is number one. There will always be a struggle. There will always be conflict with in our in, you know, in our hearts of, okay, God, I want to do what you called me to do, but I want to do what I want to do. It's exactly what Jesus dealt with in the garden, right? And his, of mm-hmm. course, his situation was, you know, he's you know dying for the sins of the world, but he still had that struggle between what he wanted to do and what God had called him to do. And what did he do? He said, God, your will be done, not mine. So, yeah. And that's that's not just in singleness, right? Like all these issues that we talk about, we could apply to every other area of, in life. But we need to start doing it for singleness for sure. That's awesome, man. And what's a, what is a favorite verse of yours or a verse that has been on your heart lately? Yeah. Uh, mine would be Psalms 105, 19. And this kind of goes, I was going to almost inserted a little earlier, but (laughs) it talks about the story of Joseph and it says, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. And this just shows me, you read the story of Joseph and like he had just these dreams. He was passionate. He was just on fire for God. And then he goes through just like over, you know, how many years, like 12 plus, I can't remember how many it is, like 12, 15 years of just the worst. And it gets progressively worse yeah and it's like to me it really just highlighted when i ran across that verse it just stuck up i had read it before but you know it's crazy how it just hits you when it hits you and it showed me that 
God's preparation for my life is a part of what I desire. It's a part of my dreams. But what has to happen is my character. Joseph wouldn't have been able to lead where God had called him unless he went through all that. His character had to be in the right place. He had to go through the preparation process. And what's crazy is when God's done preparing you, your promotion's immediate. Like Joseph went from prison to the palace immediately. Like it wasn't, oh, all of a sudden you you need to start. That. Like, And that just shows that if we trust God's plan, it's the fastest way to get anywhere that we want to go. If, if, yeah. if that's his will for us, it doesn't, we, God's timeline is outside of time and it really is just dependent on if we're ready or not for what he wants us to do. And really, it, you know, he, he cares more about our character than our comfort. If you want to go after what God has for you, you got to leave all your comfort behind because it's just not found there. And, but the thing is, when it comes down to it, if we're comfortable, comfort gets nauseating. We've all been there where you just sit on the couch too long or you just kind of just you're kind of just vegging out too long and it's just like, man, what am I doing? But at the, but we get spiritually comfortable, but then once we actually get awakened to what like, okay, God, you're doing something, it's like invigorating. It's like, yeah, God, let's do this. But it's uncomfortable. So like even just for me, it's really been learning how to live in uncomfortable situations and just see what God does does through them and oftentimes it's just yeah. out of my control and it's like okay god here we go it's definitely a roller coaster that's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's something that's been on my heart because that verse is just like wow that just shows the purpose <laughs> of what joseph went through so well yeah now where is the where's the best place that people can find you on social media and and how would they get a hold of your book yeah, you can go on uh, on Instagram. That's kind of the best place at Joshua Erickson underscore. And in my bio, there's a link tree, so you can see that there's the the book on sale on Amazon. It's on my website, so there's a link on there. And the website's come kind of something I started uh, just blogging years ago, and, and just starting getting writing. I, I've been using that to sell the book on there. And if you use the promo code Thriving. In there in the checkout, you can get two bucks off and free shipping. So um, nice. that'd be the best place to buy it. But yeah, everything's found there. So if you go on, yeah, find me on Instagram. And I'm definitely, again, my heart is really just to start the start a positive conversation around singleness and just yeah. you know see where see where God takes it. Awesome. And then what's that website again? LivingToTheUtmost.com. LivingToTheUtmost.com. That's awesome. Joshua. Yeah, you'll find more like blog articles and stuff that I've written. Oh, excellent. Yeah, Joshua, thanks so much for joining me today. It's been fantastic just having you talking about this. It's been an awesome conversation, and I'll have to try and have you back here sometime because I feel like there's still more stuff that we could just talk more about. So really appreciate you. God bless you, and, and uh, thanks for getting your book out there, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Yeah, you're welcome. And everybody out there, Be sure to get out there, seize the day, maximize every chapter in your life. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.